0: He said to them, And it is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. So the men said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? So it is recorded in the King James Version. Not too long ago, I was privileged to be in the home of a person that I know quite well, and they have a teenage dog. I happened to be there at the time that she received two telephone calls. One call she received, and I do not know what the young person, whether it be boy or girl on the other end, but I think that. They must have asked her what she was doing today. And she ripped off about 14 different things that she had to do. And so therefore could not be with her friend. Not too many minutes after that, she received another telephone call. And I could tell that this was a different call altogether. Perhaps something of the same question was asked, what are you doing today? And seemingly she couldn't think of a thing that she had to do other than to be with this person at the other end of the line. After she left the room, the mother said, it sure does make a difference as to who calls, as to what's going on during the day. Well, now, I think all of us can appreciate that. But now I'm thinking in terms of that in relation to our scripture this morning. You know, this would be a funny situation that we have before us this morning in our scripture if it were not so serious. Because basically, this is the thing that drives at the very point of, the way that we're supposed to act and react in any one given day. In your relationship to the kingdom of God, beloved, the simple question is, what are you doing today? Not what you did yesterday, not what you might do tomorrow, but what are you and the Holy Spirit in the name of Christ doing today? This is what it's all about. It is very easy for us to think in terms of what we might do tomorrow. Or what we've already done. But it's a very difficult thing, it seems, for us to come to the place where we're able and ready to commit ourselves uh, in a very positive way to what is being done today. Now, it's a good thing. I suppose that these two uh, men dressed in robes, these two angels in all probability, spoke to these people. It always seems that when God had something important to say, he sent an angel at the birth of Christ and at the resurrection. And now we come again to the angel makes a statement uh, to the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take it it must be something important here whether I'm able to see it or not. Well, I'm able to see that it's a very important thing that God had to say to these people that were standing there that had this great experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was so typical of Peter that when he had a great religious experience, he wanted to linger there a while. We remember Peter, James and John was Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember that story? Here, Jesus was in need, and Moses and Elijah came back to speak to him. And there stood Peter, beholding all of this glorious thing that happened. And on top of that, that day he heard God speak and said to him, "This is my beloved son. Believe in him." Now you stop to think about that just a moment. Have you ever had a religious experience for you that you? could almost reach out and touch God. Have you ever had this religious experience where you know within the pit of your soul that you belong to God and to His kingdom? Have you ever had this experience where you know at that moment the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not something that people just talk about. It's not something that man has made up. It is a living reality that I have a hold of a power upon the face of this earth right now within my being and that, regardless of what happens to this earth, I am eternal. Well, this is the kind of experience that Peter had. And you remember in that situation, the Mount of Transfiguration, remember that Peter said to the Lord, now, you know, Peter's always saying the wrong thing at the right time or something. He said to the Lord, you remember, he said, Lord, let's build us a couple of houses here, three of them. I'll build one for Moses and one for Elijah and I'll build one for you. And we'll just stay around this place the rest of our days. Now, you know, there have been those great experiences that you've had and I've had that we'd like to linger about them the rest of our days. And you know that's exactly what was taking place here. This is what was taking place. A fantastic, emotional, spiritual, physical experience had taken place. And here they were, right there. And in all probability... We're staying at that place. What does it take for us to move away from these great experiences and get on with the building of the kingdom of God? Beloved, it takes one thing. It takes a change of attitude. It takes a change of mind. It takes a bold heart. It takes courage. It takes determination. It takes all you can pray up and pray down to get on with the business of doing what God would have you to do. Now, basically and quickly, I say we can be divided into three different groups. There are a group of us that can be thought of in a way of being negative people. By and large, we're more negative than we are positive. Now, somehow or another, I don't know how it happens. It gets a hold of us. We start out in a positive way. Every child is positive. But somehow, within this framework of being and living and existing, we turn into a very negative person. And if you're not careful, you can think of 15 different reasons why you ought not do something good. We can think... Quickly more negative than we can positive. That's a tragedy. That is a tragedy. Because you see Jesus came and set you free. In order for you to be able to think like you have never thought before. And yet you're not in charge of yourself. And what a pity that is. Oh, a pretty good case could be made you see. What was the message of the heavenly messenger? Go back to Jerusalem. Well, that was a dumb thing. One could be standing there and saying, well, why do you want me to go back to Jerusalem? Don't you know that there is a place where they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't you know that there is a place where they're after our head right now? And you tell me to go back to Jerusalem? You must be out of your mind. But it didn't make any difference, beloved. This was the message from God. It was important. And I want to talk about that importance of just a sentence or two in a minute. It was important that they go back to Jerusalem. It was God's command. Beloved, we can change our weaknesses into strength. And we will change our attitude and get on with the business of living in a positive way. Now you can be a beautiful person. I can tell you that right now. I do not care how negative that you might be at this moment. You can change that into a positive person and in all probability be one of the most beautiful people that's ever lived. Now you don't believe that. Isn't it a tragedy that Jonah, back in, everybody knows the story of Jonah in the Old Testament. Jonah was a fantastic preacher. I envy that man. The scripture tells us that Jonah went to Nineveh. Reluctantly, but he went. But think about what kind of speaker he was and how he could communicate with people. It says he only had one sermon. But oh, what a sermon that must have been. Yet a few days and Nineveh shall burn. Well, the people believed that he was a great preacher. The whole city, the whole countryside turned to God. What a, what a preacher. Isn't it a shame that he went there with such a negative attitude? What if he would have said to God, I am ready and waiting at your command to go to Nineveh? The Lord would have had a lot easier time with him, but he had to prepare, you know the story, prepare the way. He had to force him to do it. You know something, beloved? If the Lord can take a man like Peter, as fickle as he was, and turn him into a fantastic person, positive person, to call him the rock, surely he can do something with you and with me. If he could take a saw and turn him into a pole that was set of them that here are those who turn the world upside down. Surely he can do something with you and me. I am trying to say simply this, that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can take charge of your life and you can become a very positive, dynamic individual. Now there's another group of people, a school of thought, in relation to the scripture and the business of looking into the sky or sky gazing or whatever you want to call it. And they are the people who accept things as they are. They don't object too strongly to anything. They do not get too hit up about anything either. They sort of go along in a chameleon fashion. They take the color and the tint of whatever happens to be going on in their environment at that time. Oh, they're Christian alright. Uh, but it doesn't interfere too much with their going and their coming. You know, it's a shame that this group of people cannot have something burning within their heart and their soul so strongly that it motivates them completely and totally, possessing them. I don't want to ever see a day upon the face of this earth that I don't have too much to do. I want enough to do and so much that I won't be able to get it done. Lord, don't let me live so long that I can't have something burning within the pit of my heart and my soul that I want to see for your people. Don't let me live so long that I can't dream dreams and see visions of what God's people can do. Isn't it a tragedy that with all that we have and God has given to us that we don't have anything burning in us brighter than the sun we ought to have because we are children of the kingdom of God. And in the last place in our close, thank God there is that positive group. Doesn't matter where they are, they're positive. They can take any situation and try to make something out of it. And do something with it. If a Saul can become a Paul and Peter can become a rock, surely there's room for you and I to have a great place in the kingdom of God. And the only thing we have to do is change our attitude and change our mind. Now, beloved, I say that quite easily. But one of the most difficult things that I have ever been a witness to in this life is simply lodged right here. One of the most difficult things that you'll ever do is change your attitude and your mind. You will do anything upon the face of this God-given earth to keep from doing it. I met a lady not too long ago again that I have known for about 20 years. I remember 14 of those 20 years uh, that uh, she was determined that she was going to change her husband. And she said about it in a dedicated way. It cost her about $10,000 and about uh, all total about three months over here to Our Lady of Peace before she finally came to the place to understand, I cannot change him, but I can change my own thinking. That thought cost her about $10,000 and three months of her life. It's a difficult thing to do. But she said, I finally changed my attitude. And I could tell she looks ten years younger. I am saying to you that this is a thing that we ought to do but it is difficult. The only way we can possibly do it is through the help of God, through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now, beloved, it can be done and i tell you it can be done. We have record and proof of it everywhere that it can be done. You can experience it within your own heart and soul. Now, let me just point if and close it. What if, look at this, what if these people standing there with that great emotional experience. It must have been something that touched them from the top of their head to the very bottom of their soul. They must have been standing there trembling at the thought of. It must have been something that caused every hair on their body to stand out. It was such a dramatic experience. But what if they'd have stayed there and had not gone back to Jerusalem? And now you see it. It would only have been an emotional experience. Something that would have faded into just a knowledge that this happened. But there would have been no power with it. Listen to this. There would have been no power with it. It was not until they did what was told to them to do to go back to Jerusalem. It was there and there alone. Being together that God poured out His Spirit upon them, that enabled them, it was God's power, not theirs, that enabled them to turn the world upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm simply saying, you can have a fantastic emotional experience. But unless you get on with the business of the kingdom of God today, you will never be empowered to be that person today that you ought to be. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. It takes the commitment of God through his Holy Spirit to enable us, whether we be an individual or whether we be a church, to do what we ought to do. O oh, our Father, help us to understand the simple but yet profound truth about the realities of the spiritual world. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen.